welcome to Whip Beyond Measure. My name's Katrina Mayer. My name is Ella Kammerer. And this is a Jane Austen podcast where we talk about Jane Austen. Because why the hell not? So today we're going to discuss chapters 8 through 12, which doesn't seem like a lot. And really it wasn't that many pages, but there was a lot that happens in those few chapters. Which, like, a lot happens, but also a lot doesn't happen. It's kind of like a lot of conversation happens. Yeah, we learn so much about Bingley, his sisters, and Darcy. And Lizzie a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to do the really super quick rundown uh, this week. So I even based this out by day for them because it takes place over the course of about a week. So Tuesday. Jane arrives at Netherfield, gets completely drenched on horseback. Tuesday night, she gets sick. That was our last episode. This episode starts Wednesday morning. Sort of. Wednesday. (laughs) Elizabeth gets a letter from Jane saying that she's sick. Elizabeth goes to Netherfield. Lizzie shows up and, again, she walked three miles Because her parents wouldn't give her a horse or a carriage. She is dirty. She's sweaty. Her face is flush with exercise. Her petticoat is muddy, um, et cetera, et cetera. So she doesn't look very proper, but it is what it is. She's there. She sees how Jane is doing and she sees that Jane is pretty sick, a lot sicker than Jane kind of said in her letter. So Elizabeth decides to stay. So what happens on Wednesday is Lizzie gets invited to dinner She eats dinner with Mr. and Miss Bingley, Mr. Darcy, Mrs. and Mr. Hurst. And it's, you know, nice and cordial and everything. And after dinner, Lizzie goes back to see Jane. And almost immediately, Miss Bingley starts talking smack about Lizzie and how she looked when she arrived. After that, Lizzie is summoned down for coffee, which happens after dinner in the parlor. So everybody's hanging out. The majority of the party is playing cards. Lizzie doesn't partake because it's kind of like they're actually betting with money and she doesn't have any money. So she's like, "Eh, I don't really want to deal with that. So then Miss Bingley starts boasting about Pemberley. And there's this whole conversation there. Conversation starts to get a little snarky. Elizabeth eventually leaves to go back up to see Jane. Miss Bingley starts talking smack again. But then boom, Elizabeth is back in the doorway. But it's because Jane is feeling worse. So Elizabeth is like, hey, we need a doctor. And Miss Bingley is like, no, I think the doctor can wait till tomorrow. Um, Even though Mr. Bingley is like, no, 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 we need all the best doctors now. Jane is sick. But, you know, everything is going to be fine. So the next day, which is Thursday, Jane is feeling better. But Lizzie is still worried. So she invites her mom over to check on Jane to make sure that, you know, everything does seem to be okay. And Mrs. Bennett who's apparently now my favorite character to talk about, <laughs> um, says that Jane looks fine, but not fine enough to go home, fine enough to stay at Netherfield until probably Tuesday. So, um, but, and the doctor agrees that Jane shouldn't be moved. So, but Mrs. Bennett, Lizzie, Kitty, and Lydia are all hanging out at Netherfield for a little while. They're chatting. There's a little bit of like, you know, strained conversation, a little impropriety almost between Mrs. Bennett and Mr. Darcy. But eventually the Bennets leave with the exception of Lizzie. Lydia asks about a ball at Netherfield and Mr. Bingley's like, yeah, of course, as soon as Jane is better. So the Bennets leave. The day then passes very much like 
the day before. So conversation, food, etc., etc. Um, that evening, Lizzie is hanging out in the drawing room slash parlor again with everybody, and then more conversation about various topics, which I'm sure we're going to get into. Um, but I just want to point out that at this point, Miss Bingley is bored out of her mind and just wants attention from Mr. Darcy. So yeah, Friday, Mr. Darcy and Miss Bingley are walking through the garden. Miss Bingley starts talking smack about Elizabeth, and then poof! Elizabeth and Mrs. Hurst are there walking down a different path. And oh no, Miss Bingley may have just put her foot in her mouth. But Elizabeth doesn't say anything. So we don't know if Lizzie actually heard her. But the two wealthy ladies do kind of snub Elizabeth a little bit by making her walk by herself for a little while. But Lizzie's like, yeah, okay, whatever. So then after dinner that night, Miss Bingley is bored again and just wants attention from Darcy. And the only way she's able to get that is by walking around the room with Elizabeth herself. More conversation. Everybody's all talky-talky. We get lots of information. We see the way Darcy and, and Elizabeth start to interact with each other, et cetera, et cetera. Friday night, also, Jane is feeling better. So she's down in the parlor. And she's there to watch Miss Bingley get really super bored and then forces Elizabeth to hang out with her. Saturday, Jane and Elizabeth are all like, hey, we should probably go home. But Mr. Bingley's like, no, don't go home yet. Stay another day. So then all of a sudden it's Sunday morning. They go to services, which is church. But I don't know if they actually go to church or if they have services at Netherfield. But either way, um, Mr. Bingley offers Jane and Elizabeth the carriage and they go back to Longford, which is not something Mrs. Bennett wanted. Mrs. Bennett wanted them to stay until Tuesday because then Jane would have been there a whole week. And that's a whole big thing. But yeah, at the end of the last chapter, in the end of chapter 12, I believe Mr. Bennett gets another sarcastic zinger in there. And that's how we ended our little read through this week. So yes, nicely done. I tried. <laughs> Did a great job. Right. So I think we should just kind of start this off by talking a little bit about what guest and host relations looked like in the Regency era. What we're basing our information on mostly comes from parties and balls and fancy dinners. So it might be a little bit different. This is a unique scenario where there's no big party. There's no big reason for them to be there other than that Jane is sick and Lizzie is helping to tend her. Despite that, all of those rules that we're going to talk about still seem to apply, at least in the sisters' regard. It seems to apply to them because the first night when Lizzie is there, she's spending all of her time with Jane, and rightly so because that's her sister and she's really sick. She comes down for dinner. She doesn't have a lot of conversation for them because she doesn't really like any of them except for Bingley. And then right after dinner, she goes back up to 10 Jane, and that's when the sisters start talking about talking her. Talking smack. Like, oh, she can't say anything to us. You know, she's she's so rude. She has no style. She's, like, Im impudent or whatever. Did you see? Her petticoats were probably three inches deep in mud. Right? <laughs> they don't like that. And they think her impertinent. She has nothing to say. And so they're in the middle of, like, talking smack, and then she comes back down to let them know that Jane is worse. And then well, up, don't goes. forget. Well, 
that's after they actually invite her down for coffee later. Right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. So, like, that's kind of one of those situations where, like, the standard, like, guest host relations kind of are the same for, like, a party versus this unique situation. So I'm just going to throw this out there. I know the Victoria era or the Victorian era and the Regency are technically different, but I actually am quite familiar with the customs of the, you know, more wealthy in terms of Victorian era. So I used to work at a historic site that happened to talk a lot about that. So one of the things that would happen during these dinner parties is everybody would be seated and have dinner, which did happen. It wasn't necessarily a party, but everybody was eating and had dinner. Then the women would excuse themselves to go into the parlor or a sitting room of some sort um, where they would sit around and, you know, discuss things, possibly have some coffee or tea, you know, do womanly things while the men went off and did other things. They would smoke and drink and be Talk about men. man stuff. Yeah. yeah, things that were very improper for them to talk about in front of women, right. definitely. Like like their money and their business. And- or their affairs or, yeah. you know, I don't know, <laughs> a, a pretty much anything. But so in this instance, everybody has dinner. Lizzie excuses herself early, sort of, to go upstairs to check on Jane, which is completely understandable at the time yeah. because Jane is ill. Right. But then once the rest of the party then retires to the sitting room, it makes sense per the rules for Elizabeth to be welcomed down, which mm-hmm. she is invited down to have, you know, coffee and everything and sit in this in the sitting room, which she does for the appropriate amount of time to and not to offend her her hosts. So. Even though she does technically offend them. She offends them in a different way. She offends them in that like she doesn't really do what they want to do. So like they're playing cards, right? Yes. They invite her over to play cards. She she probably would, but she thinks that they're betting high. They're putting too much on their bets and she doesn't have either any money at all or enough money to participate that. And rather than put herself in a situation where she's like, I don't have enough money. Isn't that embarrassing? She just says, I'd rather read. Right. Which, I mean, like that really isn't that like odd for a woman to do during this time um, of the day. But yes, yeah, she does decline the request to play cards. But what I find interesting is that while she declines the request and like the women kind of give her a little bit of grief about it, Bingley's all like, oh yeah, no, go ahead and read. Do you, are those books not good enough? I have plenty of other books. Please feel free to take another book. You know, he's very warm and very inviting and, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, and he's so. he's the master of the house, so of course he has to be that way. Right. So he's he's gentle enough anyway. He has that gentleman demeanor, but even if that weren't the case, he he would still have expectations to be gracious to his guests. Right. So here's something that I find interesting, and I don't know if this is necessary. I can't recall in um, my knowledge of it during the historical time period, but I know specifically Regency time period parties, etc. It was actually the position of the woman of the house to be the host during situations like this. Um, mm-hmm. So parties and balls and stuff. So that's actually why Bingley tends to kind of um, refer to Miss Bingley for right. instruction. Right. So while Bingley's all warm and welcoming as the male host, technically it should be Miss Bingley who's the one that's supposed to be warm. Right. So 
while Elizabeth might be offending her for not playing cards, technically she's breaking a rule. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and not to mention, you know, she's she thinks herself much above Lizzie, so she's she doesn't feel like she needs to go out of her way to make her feel overly welcome just enough to put on an air of propriety. And then later as like they as they stay longer, we see her treatment toward Lizzie deteriorate even more because she's jealous Mm -hmm. of her because Darcy ends up giving her a lot of attention. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, but yeah, so after coffee and conversation, then there's more smack talk after Lizzie leaves to go back to her sister, which I would say based off of the information that I know of like how long you kind of tend to, spend time or like call on a person i would say lizzie's probably in the parlor for maybe a half an hour total that night and then goes back up because that's the proper amount of time is about a half hour so yep um we should talk about the things that they're saying about her i think they're really important um in these in her first night there first time around they're kind of they're also kind of throwing jane under the bus a little bit I mean, they the sisters obviously like Jane a lot because mm-hmm. her demeanor is much sweeter than Lizzie's, but they're very condescending toward her because of her relatives. So they mention that, you know, even though there's the uncle who's the attorney in Meryton, there's another uncle who resides in Cheapside in London, which is scandal. Just, oh, how? And for them... Their concern, it's not really their concern, they're being condescending, but their concern is Jane could never hope to marry someone high enough because of those relations, and isn't that sad? And they're talking about this, and Bingley's right there, and we know Bingley likes her, and I was wondering if maybe these little seeds are being planted in Bingley's head, and I wonder if... You know, we know he likes Jane, but does this deter him? Hmm. Maybe not consciously, but maybe subconsciously he might think back to this conversation and it might deter him. Because clearly, even though the sisters like Jane, they don't like her enough to think that she can marry their brother. She's not good enough. Right, right. Again, those are those little bits of foreshadowing that I didn't think of. Um, when I first read it no um. I mean Bingley does defend her he says if they had uncles enough to fill all cheap side it would not make them one jot less agreeable so like to him that doesn't matter but then Darcy replies but it must very materially lessen their chance of marrying men of any consideration in the world we really see those two characters you really see their kind of sides in this conversation. Whereas Bingley is more open-minded and Darcy is more close-minded. So I know I eventually want to talk about Darcy and the things that he says that essentially like trigger the way that other, like that Lizzie and Mrs. Bennet see him. I think that the way and I mean this might be the whole point of the book I don't know (laughs) but his making comments like that I think are misinterpreted in that 
I don't think he actually means any offense. No, but he is offending. Yeah, I don't right. think. Yeah, he doesn't. He probably doesn't know based on his privilege and like who he is in the world. Like I what he says think, is right. I okay. also really feel that. And I really feel that Darcy is just an awkward person. Yeah. So like. He's kind of like a Sheldon from Big Bang Theory. Not, not like quite. to that extreme, obviously, <laughs> but like. He is awkward yeah. and he says things without thinking. I think it's more that he, we'll talk about it another time because I have to okay. get the rest of my thoughts down about it. All right. But yeah, no, I think that like the seeds that the sisters and Darcy are planting, whether they mean to or not, like, yes, I think the sisters are purposefully doing it. No, I don't think Darcy is purposefully doing it. I think that that's definitely going to affect Bingley later on. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, after this conversation, when Elizabeth comes back down for the coffee, they're talking, you know, in front of her. They're not really engaging her in conversation, but they are kind of talking around her. And you see Miss Bingley is just trying to show off so hard by, like, talking about Pemberley's library and how great it is. And the way she talks about it, she's, like, putting it out that, yeah, she's been there. But also, like, yeah, she's going to be mistress up there someday. Like, that was yeah. the air you would get. And same with later. We can talk about that more detail later. But when she talks or she asks Darcy about his sister when he's writing mm-hmm. to her, that air of, oh, yes, I know your sister. Oh, we are very close. Someday mm-hmm. we will be sisters. Like, she does this just so purposefully as to prove the point that she's she needs to be in the place by Darcy's side, not anyone right. else. Right. And I think even on top of that, because they're also they're talking about how Bingley should hope to have a house like Pemberley. Yeah. And so I think that that is also kind of like her being like, okay, well, I'm familiar with Pemberley because obviously like I have the house for Darcy. So Lizzie, you should be jealous, but also know that Bingley is totally going to be like Darcy and have this life. So Jane shouldn't have it because, you know, like we're better than you. So I'm just kind of putting that out there that, well, yes, we, we all know you're not good enough for Darcy. Um, Just so you know, your sister really isn't good enough for my brother either right. because we're going to have a Pemberley lifestyle, except Exactly. So, yeah. 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 And that's crazy because in our last episode, we talked about how it's very clearly stated that Bingley's idea was to have something smaller mm-hmm. and give the money he inherited to a later generation to mm-hmm. do the big estate thing. That doesn't seem to be his style, but... Then we have this weird conversation with him and Mrs. Bennett when they're talking about him quitting Netherfield because oh, the lease is short. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was hoping to get your thoughts on that because I read that section a few times and I, I couldn't understand the meaning. I couldn't understand what was going on there. Yeah, and then it was brought up again later between Darcy and Bingley when they're yeah. talking about Bingley's character and how... Right. Yeah. And he... Darcy uses that to, like, he's teasing Bingley or he's like mm-hmm. you know he's I don't know I don't know what the word he's giving him shit basically yeah yeah which yeah. we see a lot of in this in this yeah. section where they're all talking like it's very clear that the one relationship that gets fleshed out really well in this section is the friendship between Bingley and Darcy and how right. at, at the first section of the book you're like how the fuck are these people friends and then you're like oh okay this is how they're friends right 
So, exactly. Yeah. Do we want to jump to that? Before we go there, I want to talk about that um, conversation about an accomplished woman. Oh, yes. Because I feel like that totally links back to the whole idea of you and your sister, Lizzie, are not this, right. not an accomplished woman. But they kind of give off the air that they are accomplished women. Right. So, yeah. So the setup is that Miss Bingley is asking Mr. Darcy about his sister who is said to be an accomplished woman. Mm-hmm. So now his sister, I wouldn't say is a woman. She's still very much a girl. She's like probably Lydia's age or a bit younger. Yeah. And Lydia, I think it's specifically said in this chapter that she's 15. Mm-hmm. So Mr. Darcy's ugh, sister, I almost a daughter of <laughs> Mr. Darcy's sister. I don't even think is out in society yet. Well, there might be a reason for that, which we'll get to that later. Right. But if she's the same age as Lydia, generally women weren't right. out in society until they were like 17. Exactly. So even for other reasons, she's not likely out in society. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, Miss Bingley on top of boasting about Pemberley is boasting about Miss Darcy and how accomplished she is because she can do so many things. She can play music. She can do art. She knows different languages, et cetera, et cetera. Essentially, the conversation comes down to what qualifies as an accomplished woman and how many have you met that are like that? Because what is it that Darcy says? Something like an accomplished woman would know how to do all of these things. You want the, like I that. have it right here. You want the yeah, list? Yeah, go ahead. All right. He says... A woman must have thorough knowledge of music, singing, dancing, drawing, and the modern languages to deserve the word. And beside all this, she must possess a certain something in her air and manner of walking, the tone of her voice, her address and expressions, or the word will be but half deserved. And then she must also possess something more substantial in the improvement of her mind by extensive reading. So that last part Darcy says. The first part, the big list, is what Bingley says. And I think he's saying that facetiously. Because mm. Bingley's the one who's like, they all say that all these young ladies are accomplished because that's what you're supposed to say. And then they're kind of having this conversation about what it means to be accomplished. And so I'm assuming it's that. Oh, in my no, it's in- actually, it's, I think that's Miss Bingley. Because I'm looking at this and Darcy speaks before that. And then Miss Bingley says nor uh, says something, then Elizabeth, and then Darcy. And then I think his faithful assistant is Miss Bingley. Oh, uh, see, I read it as Mr. Hmm. Either no, way. I think it's Miss Bingley talking okay. about it, which would make sense because I don't think Mr. Bingley would say that. But Miss Bingley saying all of those things makes sense. So then it's not being said facetiously. It's being no. said very seriously. Yes. Because I'm sure she can do much of these things. Right. And she knows that she has this air about her and this, you know, like the the walking and the tone of her voice and the expression and all of that. She knows she has all of that. That's why she starts walking around the room later or mm. later in this in the section. So, but yeah, so then Darcy says, you know, she, she must possess all of this um, and then something extra. Basically, she has to have the desire to continue to learn. Yeah. Yeah. So, but then Lizzie is, uh, I I love this response. I am no longer surprised at your knowing only six accomplished women. I rather wonder at how you know any. Yeah. Cause like, yeah, right on. 
who who can do all that? Yeah, exactly. And I think the I think the fact that she's she essentially is like, yeah, nobody can do all of that. Who can do all of that? Right. I think that kind of is like a a diss at Miss Bingley as well because oh, yeah. like Miss Bingley's like, oh well, I'm a I can do all of these things. Well, nobody can do all of that. What? Bitch, yeah, I can. Right. Yeah. Okay. No, bitch. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, we know that because later we get this like Miss Bingley does this kind of like, I don't know, I, I wrote in my book, she's calling her a bad feminist, but like, that's not really what it is. But when she's like, yeah, look at Lizzie, she, you know, she puts down other women in front of men yeah. to make herself seem better to these are you so I- Are you so severe upon your sex, upon yeah. your own sex? Mm-hmm. Yeah. As it's to like, doubt no. the possibility of all this. Like, no, she isn't. She's just realistic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Miss Bingley reminds me of, like, those people who, like, live their lives online and they, like, show you their, like, perfect life. Like, this is my life. This is how the it Instagram is. Instagram models? Perfect. Yeah. It's, like, perfect yeah. all the time. Yeah. You know, even if they're not models, they could just be regular people, like, showing, like, you put, you're putting out yeah. this air. This is, this is, like, Regency era that. Like having this <laughs> list of accomplishments that makes you seem mm-hmm. like, I got it all together. I'm awesome. But really on the inside, you're like, oh my God, will Darcy marry me? I need to get married to Darcy. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so yeah, she she has this idea of everything is perfect. And then when she's bored and trying to get this attention of this guy she likes, she doesn't quite know what to do with herself because it isn't exactly what she wants. Right. Like things aren't going the way she wants. So she's just like, uh, what do I do now? I guess I'm going to walk around the room. Right, um. because her <laughs> life has taught her to believe that I do all of these things. I have this station in life. I'm going to get this kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And she hasn't got that guy. And it is like eating away at her brain. <laughs> and so she says stupid things. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I have a feeling she would say stupid things anyway, but probably. But yeah, so the whole conversation about an accomplished woman, I just think is great because it's like, oh yeah, I'm not going to say flat out that I think I'm an accomplished woman, but I mean, come on, I'm an accomplished woman. And then Elizabeth is like, uh, yeah, no, that's not real. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's calling her out on her shit. Yeah. But still being civil right. because she does it in a, in a questioning way. Right, and she's addressing Darcy specifically, like yeah. when she says that. She isn't like putting it back on Miss Bingley. Yeah, she's not like she's not calling Miss Bingley out specifically, uh, because there is a rule in society where silence is better than openly disagreeing. However, asking questions is not openly disagreeing. Right. So while Elizabeth disagrees with what they're saying because she doesn't believe that you know that kind of woman really exists in the way that they're saying by asking questions like oh how many have you met or oh you know I'm surprised by the fact that this might actually be a thing it's not necessarily disagreeing in the sense where it's like no that's I just like I disagree with you that's not real like that would be rude (laughs) Right, right exactly yeah but yeah so then um yeah Mrs. Bennett Yes, let's talk about her. So this is the next day. Yes, this is technically Thursday. Thursday, all right. Thursday, breakfast-ish, late breakfast-ish time. Yes, yes. 
So I do know that uh, back in the day, when somebody would do a morning call, quote unquote, it usually happened at three in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. So there's a good chance that this quote unquote breakfast actually happened closer to like noon because they would have to wake up, send somebody to ride the three miles to get Mrs. Bennett. And then there's also talk about um, in the morning, Mr. Bingley asks about Jane and Mrs. Hurst and Miss Bingley ask about Jane as well. Mm -hmm. So I would say they probably didn't even send anybody to Longbourn until somewhere between like 9 and 10 a.m. Right. You know, let's say they get up at 7. So then by the time she gets there, because you know she's not going to hurry. Especially no, she's she, she has to get dressed. Kitty and Lydia have to get dressed. I bet there's yeah. a whole production of that at the house. We're like, oh, I forgot this. And oh, let's go get that. And oh, Mr. Bennett. Right? Get the carriage. <laughs> yeah. Because Mr. Bingley didn't send a carriage. He sent a horseman with a letter. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. So it's probably closer to like lunch. Yeah. But yeah. So they're hanging out. Um. So Mrs. Bennett saw... Jane, the doctor came. They both agreed that while she's better, she's not well enough to travel, which means she can't go home. Now, when Mr. Bingley asks Mrs. Bennett if Jane is okay, she lies. Because <laughs> yeah. she wants to make she wants worse. to ensure that Jane can stay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She totally lies. Yeah. She's just like, yeah, no. She's not, she's not well. She's not well. She, she's definitely not well, even though she's doing much better. But yeah, it's like, let's just, let's just make Mr. Bingley worry a little more. (laughs) But yeah, so they're all sitting down and it's, at first it sounds like it's just the four Bennets and Miss Bingley, but I think it's everybody at the table. Yeah. But most of the conversation centers around Mrs. Bennett, Mr. Bingley, and Mr. Darcy, with Elizabeth trying to interject and distract her mother from saying something not good. Yeah, which she also needs, like, she's also playing the role of making sure that her mother doesn't insult anybody. Mm -hmm. And by anybody, I mean Darcy, because we know that she's not going to insult Mr. Bingley. Mm-hmm. And she's not going to insult Miss Bingley or Mrs. Hurst. Mm-hmm. So Darcy's the only one there. And she has a problem with Darcy. So Mrs. Bennett will likely insult Darcy. Yes. <laughs> but Elizabeth has to come to his defense at one point, which is interesting. So Right. But yeah, so I mean, if you want to talk about something specific in that section. Yeah, so my question is, Oh, because we were talking about the leaving the country comment. Yeah. So, so here's that. So here's the section. So, you know, my question is, um, Miss, Mrs. Bennett says to Bingley that, you know, Netherfield's such a great place. She's like, I hope you won't be quitting it in a hurry, meaning I hope you're going to stay a long time, but I know you have a short lease. And Bingley says, whatever I do is done in a hurry. And therefore, if I should resolve to quit Netherfield, I should probably be off in five minutes. At present, however, I consider myself as quite fixed here. Mm-hmm. See, and this is why I'm confused because we know he doesn't want to do the estate thing, but maybe there's pressure 
for him to do it. Like, obviously from his sisters, maybe also his mother a little bit. But we don't know. So, like, why? He seems so happy at Netherfield and he, like, purchases, you know, the lease for Netherfield. So, I, I just don't understand his motives. And maybe they explain it later, but I don't really get why Bingley would only be at Netherfield a short time. I just, I don't get this conversation. It seems weird. It seems kind of random to me. I wonder if it isn't Bingley kind of, well, so let me say this. He says, when I'm in the country, I never wish to leave it. And when I am in town, it is pretty much the same. So he's happy no matter where he is. And I think he knows that the rest of his party is not happy Mm -hmm. at Netherfield in the same way. So I sometimes wonder if it isn't, if this comment isn't more for the rest of his party, as opposed to really laying out the truth of the situation. Um, And I know Darcy later kind of brings that up in the sense that like, nobody's going to be gone from a house in five minutes. Yeah. You know, you can't just be up and out without planning and putting things in motion and everything like that. So Darcy kind of calls Bingley out on that bullshit comment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you were just kind of, essentially, you were talking out your ass. Um, (laughs) He was making himself seem like once he decides something, he's going to do it. Yeah, and he's almost reckless. Mm -hmm. Like, like that's what Darcy's saying. He's like, you, you sound as if you are reckless kind of and like that's not the case and I don't think Bingley has really shown that that's the case except for maybe just in the purchasing of the lease of Netherfield in general Mm -hmm. um but yeah I wonder if that comment isn't more for the rest of his party to say things like oh yeah no I'm not planning on staying necessarily for a specific amount of time I could be up and out of here no matter what or when you know and and even then um the comment later about how he would not or his decision to leave would not be influenced by his friends Mm -hmm. I think is also kind of that indicator that like if he were to decide to leave that somebody couldn't convince him to stay as kind of a okay sister don't worry I you know I see you're unhappy I guess I'm willing to consider leaving and if I do decide that don't worry nobody can convince me otherwise like Jane wouldn't be able to convince me otherwise or any friends I've made here can't convince me otherwise etc etc but then again Darcy comes back and says oh no if I were to say dude no you have to stay for a little while you would obviously stay right and Bingley's kind of like yeah well yeah you're probably right yeah so again that's why I think um this comment in this moment to Mrs. Bennett is more for Bingley's sister than it is for Mrs. Bennett okay so that makes sense. Thank you. No problem. Um, totally going to admit that that's not how I initially read it, but that's how I'm thinking about it now that we're yeah, talking about it. I like it. <laughs> I, I really didn't have much of an idea. So perfect. Let's talk about the insult. Yeah. Mrs. Bennett to Mr. Darcy. Mm-hmm. So it actually starts with Elizabeth talking about Mr. Bingley's character character yes um and how him not being an intricate character right because she's able to read him and he's like oh that's not much of a compliment that you can read me basically is what he's saying yeah 
And she kind of is like, oh no, she's good at reading people because she does it frequently. Right. Like she spends time looking at people in the country and everything like that. And she's able to read people. And Darcy says something that essentially is, can in general supply, but few subjects for such a study be in the country. So how can you find that you are able to study this and study the study, the studying of people? <laughs> uh, how can you do that in the country when there aren't a lot of people? And Mrs. Bennett takes high offense to that. Right. Shame. Right. Don't you say that there aren't many people and differences in the country? And I think, and Lizzie does say that she misunderstands him. And I do think she does misunderstand him a bit because she's so up on Darcy's case mm-hmm. that like any anything he has to say she's going to come back at him with so even though Darcy was kind of saying oh and he's probably not like intending like you said he's just awkward right so he's probably just like oh that's interesting that you study like people's character there can't be much variation out here it's the country there's not as yeah. many people. And you guys kind of have it's similar the same people. Yeah. You guys yeah. have similar tastes, similar you're you're around each other, you go to the same shops, there's no variety here. Yeah, and you're seeing the same people day after day after day. Mm-hmm. Which we both grew up in a small town. Mm-hmm. We know exactly what that's like. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So yeah, and so Mrs. Bennett is just like, How dare you? We dine with what is it? Four and twenty. Four and twenty families, which to the Bingley sisters are like, is she serious? That's basically like having two friends. Like that is what that means. (laughs) Well, and what's interesting, though, is that also if you think about it, that two or that four and twenty is just the like slightly well-to-do people in town. (laughs) Right. So, yeah, Mrs. Bennett is like, oh, no, there's plenty of variety. Everything is fine. But she uh, she's so offended that I think Elizabeth finally makes the con- or comes to the conclusion that her mother is going to say something offensive to Darcy. Right. So she has to switch the conversation very quickly mm-hmm. and ask about Miss Lucas. Mm-hmm. What I find interesting is that, and this is kind of more of a, a comment on Austin herself as opposed mm-hmm. to the story is that that little bit of Elizabeth defending Darcy is put in such a strange place in the middle of all of this stuff going on that you're supposed to pick up that that's like one of the first signs of almost affection right. she has toward Darcy in that she is not just letting the the offense happen or letting someone make fun of him that isn't her kind of a thing so it's almost almost affectionate almost (laughs) so now it could also just be that she doesn't want to get thrown out of the house with the sick jane but (laughs) that's true or she's just trying to preserve some semblance of propriety despite a mother who will say what she wants when she wants yes yeah 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 well and also on top of that like Elizabeth has to be there for a little while yet, and she doesn't want to have to have that awkward oh, conversation yeah. over dinner. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like the she to to Elizabeth and to Jane to an extent, like they feel like an intrusion. Even though Mr. Bingley is so mm-hmm. nice and welcoming and it helps alleviate some of that, 
the rest of the party doesn't really help them feel like they're not. So yeah, there's there's a lot of tiptoeing around for Lizzie, I think. Yeah, especially because, like I said, Miss Bingley is the woman of the house. Mm-hmm. So she's really the hostess. And there is very much tension between Miss Bingley and Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And we don't always know necessarily how much of it Lizzie is picking up, but we definitely see it because we see what happens when Lizzie leaves the room. Yes. All right. Shall we move on to mm, the letter writing scene? It's one of my favorite scenes in the whole book. Oh my gosh. Yes. Go ahead. I want to hear, I want to hear how it's your favorite scene. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I just, I love this scene because you have a woman who is, considered the mistress of the house Mm -hmm. showing off for a woman she's jealous of and also showing off with the man she wants to be her husband Mm -hmm. putting herself out there and she realizes that the only way she can get his attention is by teasing him and like constantly bombarding him with questions and you just know that darcy is just like, he, he entertains her to a point, but he's mm-hmm. not going to go out of his way. He's not flirting back with her the way that she thinks she is flirting with him. Right, right. And I also, I kind of wonder sometimes if, because the way she goes about doing this, I wonder if she's had to do this before, because mm-hmm. it comes off as if she has no idea what the hell she's doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And this scene also is hilarious because she brings Bingley into it too and like mm-hmm. she's poking fun at him as well because even though she's saying oh Darcy look at this wonderful letter writing you have you you have such length to your letters your your letters are formed perfectly like everything is in a straight line and like look at my brother he can barely string two words together you know mm-hmm. and so like they get into their conversation about Bingley giving himself compliments in the disguise of Mm -hmm. not compliments and I just I don't know I just love the way that this scene morphs into that and we end up getting a deeper understanding of Bingley and Darcy's friendship off of this it Mm -hmm. just works that's why it's my favorite scene I I really enjoyed it too, but mostly just because Miss Bingley is so she just doesn't know what the hell she's doing. So like it's very clear that she's had Darcy's attention for a while. Like mm-hmm. she's got this crush. Um he's probably showed her niceties and affection and such before. Now she has to make sure that he is paying attention to her in front of Elizabeth. So then Elizabeth knows that Darcy is hers, even though Darcy has been very clearly paying attention to Elizabeth. Right. Yeah. The only the only instances where I'm seeing Darcy talk to Miss Bingley is in response. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't think there's been a, a point where he's the one who approaches her. Right. Right. But I think because we know that there's a history behind with these two characters. I would say it's safe to assume that like Miss Bingley isn't just of the idea that she's going to marry Darcy. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that there was some lead up to that in some way, shape or form outside of the the story that we're seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because he does 
feel comfortable and familiar around her, which we saw in the dance in the previous yeah. section. So He's Bingley's yeah. best friend. He's been around yeah. a lot. He's basically family already. Let's just make it official. Yeah, yeah. So, but now she sees Darcy giving attention to Elizabeth and not her. So she's got to figure out a way to make herself a focal point. The only way she knows how to do that is to engage in conversation. And when she's not getting that one-on-one conversation that she wants from Darcy, that's when she brings in her brother because she knows having the brother in the conversation as well will keep the conversation flowing. So she'll be able to talk to Darcy more mm-hmm. and hopefully he'll stay then in conversation with her. Yep. But that never happens. No. So instead she's going to just keep making these really awkward comments like, okay, so first I'm talking about his writing and he's not engaging with me. Okay, cool. Now he's going to read. I'm also going to read, but I'm going to keep asking him questions, which drives me insane. Um, but then he's she's not getting a response there either. So she... She, no. she does ask for music at one point, right? After mm-hmm. Bingley and Darcy have their, like, pseudo fight. It's not really a fight. They're just, like, yeah. you know, giving each other crap. Mm-hmm. She's like, okay, the attention is off me. This is getting out of hand. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, Elizabeth, come play the piano. We're going to do some music here. And she's like, okay, here's here's an opportunity for Darcy to, like, pay attention to me. I'm going to sing. Elizabeth is going to play. And what does Darcy do? He goes to Elizabeth because she's playing. He's like, do you not feel a great inclination, Miss Bennett, to seize such an opportunity of a dancing reel? Like, what a flirt! He's <laughs> flirting with her. He's like, look at you play the piano. How about how about a dancing one? Like, because I didn't dance with you. So let me let me rub that in your face in like a coyish kind of manner. Like, that's how yeah. I read that. Yeah. So even though Miss Bingley is using this opportunity to get Darcy to notice her, he doesn't. He, he goes straight for Elizabeth, which is mm-hmm. funny. Oh, yeah. Because the walking around the room scene is next. I keep yes. getting them mixed. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot. I forgot that she dissed him again. <laughs> she does. And it's great. But instead of, so what's different about that letter writing scene and the walking around the room scene is Miss Bingley gets interrupted in a Bingley-Darcy exchange. And in the mm-hmm. walking around the room, it's Darcy and Elizabeth. And that is like, oh, hell no. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just love throughout this chapter, like, Darcy realizing his affections toward Lizzie and, like, how bad it is. Like, throughout, it's like, were it not for the inferiority of her connections, he should be in some danger. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, my Throughout gosh, yes. all of these chapters. Like, I know, but it's not the only instance. Like, no, <laughs> he, he's, like, thinking this all the time. <laughs> it's like, oh, my goodness, Darcy, you're the worst. Well, and so it's like, and this kind of just comes back to how I think that Darcy is just an awkward man. Because, yeah. like, it's very clear right here in these chapters that he has a huge crush on Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. And it's like, he doesn't quite know what to do about it. But, like, he also doesn't necessarily care about the whole, like, connections and stuff because he's still flirting with her. And, like, right. he, you know, like, they have this, she makes fun of him. He kind of also makes fun of himself a little bit but also questions her attitude and he's vexing where you start to read this as a romance (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) and miss bingley clearly sees this and you know she's gonna like find a way to get under his skin so instead of you know just like 
being a grown-up and like probably just being like all right i either a need to take a step back or you know b figure this out she's just gonna go up to darcy and she's gonna be like all right so let's talk about your marriage to miss bennett and how wonderful yeah. it's going to be and oh you must I'll hang the portraits of her uncles next to yours of your judge and your family and make sure make sure that your new mother-in-law is like kept in line and oh I don't know if you can get somebody to paint Lizzie's portrait because will they ever be able to capture her dark eyes? <laughs> <laughs> and he just goes with it. He does because he's like teasing her back, but he's also low-key serious. <laughs> like when he's like, it would not be easy indeed to catch the expression, but their color and shape in the eyelashes, so remarkably fine, might be copied. He's like, Oh, yeah, no, I'm totally making fun of you. But, yeah, seriously, no, I know a guy who could do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then that's when, so that marriage conversation is when, that's when they're on their walk. And then Lizzie pops up out of nowhere. And they're like, oh, shit, did she hear us? (laughs) Yes, no, she's like, like, you kind of get a little bit into Miss Bingley's head. And she's like, crap, fuck, shit. Um, (laughs) Why didn't my sister tell me that her and Lizzie were going to also go walking in the garden? bitch um (laughs) but then i don't know if it was so this is where i don't know whether or not elizabeth slash mrs hurst heard them Mm -hmm. because like miss bingley and mr darcy are walking like arm in arm and then mrs hurst and elizabeth are also walking and when they meet mrs hurst is like oh mr darcy and she like links arm with him and the three of them start walking down so it's almost as if like mrs hurst heard and was like I'm going to fix the situation and hops in. So then the three of them are walking together and Elizabeth is on her own. Right. So then like, she's not getting attention. She's not able to really comment on what may or may not have been heard. Okay. And it's also a bit of a shunning. Oh yeah, totally. It totally is. She doesn't want to be with Elizabeth. And I, I don't know that they heard specifically, but yeah, I totally am along the lines that Mrs. Hurst heard their voices at the very least. And is like, come on, Bennett. And like, you know, it's like pulling her along. It's like, oh, there you are. Hmm, yeah. Why wouldn't you tell us that you're going on a walk? And then, yeah, she can, <laughs> she can link up with her sister and Darcy and be like, all right, see ya. Yeah. And then like go on off. And then Darcy's like, we could go to the avenue where there's plenty of room for all of us. And she's like, fuck like, that. <laughs> yeah. The women are both like, well, like, like the other two are also like, yeah, no, we're fine. And he's just like, but I want to include, no, okay. <laughs> And Lizzie's just like, bye, (laughs) runs away, I guess, because they actually say she runs. Yeah, she ran gaily off. Rejoicing. I mean, I'd be happy to leave them too. Bitches. (laughs) 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 All right, so now, now we're at the coveted walk around the room scene, which Jane is present for. Yes, because Jane is feeling better. Mm Mm-hmm. So after dinner, Jane comes down. Yeah. yeah. And like in this, in that first paragraph for chapter 11, there is a big shift in the Bingley sisters because they have been subjected mm-hmm. to Lizzie who they don't like. But as soon as Jane comes back in the picture, it's like, oh, all is forgotten. Everybody's BFFs. And I wonder if that's what makes, if that's one of the driving reasons that makes Miss Bingley choose Elizabeth to walk about the room. Like, I wonder if she's, like, feeling secure in herself again. Or it just puts her in a good enough mood. I don't know. No, I I think that it is definitely more petty than that. 
Oh, it is. But I don't, I wonder if she would have still done that had Jane not come down and put her in a better mood. So I, I wonder if it isn't. So what happens is Jane comes down and everybody comes into the parlor and Mr. Bingley is like, oh no, you're too close to the door. Let's go talk by the fireplace. So they're talking by the fireplace. Mr. Hurst has fallen asleep because nobody's playing cards and Mrs. Hurst goes to join Bingley and Jane. Mm -hmm. So everybody is engaged except for Lizzie, who's just kind of sitting there. Miss Bingley, who's trying to get Darcy's attention again by not reading a book um, and asking him questions while he is reading a book. Yes. So then I think that it's more of she's still trying to get his attention. I don't know if she's necessarily in a better mood, but she doesn't have anybody to play off of like she was the night before. So she can't pull Bingley into the conversation or pull her sister into the conversation. She only has Darcy and Elizabeth to work with. So I think that it's really just she can't engage Darcy in a one-on-one conversation. So the only other thing she has at her disposal is getting him to watch her by putting herself next to Lizzie. Well, and she doesn't, she walks around the room by herself first, but she sees that he's still reading her book. So then she gets Lizzie because she knows. And like the second Lizzie stands up, what happens? Darcy closes his book. <laughs> like yep. the yep. second she stands up. It's almost he like is not I wonder subtle. I wonder if he wasn't reading. He was just like corner of the eye, like, what's Lizzie doing? Is she doing something? What's she doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how many times did he turn the page or was he just like rereading that same paragraph? Right? I don't know. Yeah. I don't either. But yeah, no, he's he is not a subtle man. <laughs> no. In that and sense. He is like scandalous like seriously like what he says to them is like borderline inappropriate (laughs) um which which section specifically are you speaking of so the one where he's giving his two reasons why he won't join miss bingley and miss bennett to be walking around the room he says You either choose this method of passing the evening because you are in each other's confidence and have a secret affair to discuss, or because you are conscious that your figures appear to the greatest advantage in walking. If the first, I should be completely in your way. But if the second, I can admire you much better as I sit by the fire. Yes. Inappropriate! (laughs) But it is and it isn't. So, like... It is. And it's it's inappropriate. <laughs> hang on. It's mentioned in the accomplished woman section as well as proper things for like high board people and they're well-bred people in this area or this area, this time period. Is that the way they moved, they walked, they held themselves. Like women had to stand straight. They had to be of an appealing figure. They had to be, you know, like they had to look pretty. So like looking at them wasn't nearly as scandalous as like seeing a bare ankle kind of situation. Yeah. Because it was expected of them. He can look, but he shouldn't be saying that he's looking. <laughs> like that's the inappropriate part. It's like him just blatantly saying it without any like just boom. Like, Which yeah, I am. I am looking at you. Which really brings me back to he is just an awkward man. <laughs> He's so awkward. Yeah, he has and it's no just social taken skills. as this like yeah. this proudness. And it's that's not what it is. It's just he doesn't quite know how to react. 
<laughs> he's just like I he's he's it's almost as if like everything that everybody assumes of him he's trying to be that but he's not really he's just like I don't know what I'm doing I'm just I'm just here <laughs> I'm here I have a crush on this girl I can't let her know but I also can't keep it in I just say the things that are in my brain and they are fact that is all yes. I know <laughs> yes yes he says things that are in his head he's actually oh my god he's actually a little bit like Mrs. Bennett <laughs> he is yeah Except he's not quite as crazy, and at the same time, he's a man and he's wealthy, so he can get away with shit like this. Yeah, yeah, yep. And then, of course, after all of this and like their little flirty exchange that happens after that, he's like, he began to feel the danger of paying Elizabeth too much attention. <laughs> like again, yeah, so that, that <laughs> he's in danger. Friday. He's not in danger. He has a crush on her, but like, it's dangerous. Yeah, and then so that was Friday, and then Saturday, I believe it actually says that he he did not. Oh, he actually like purposefully tried to pay less attention to her. Yeah, she attracted yeah. him more than he liked. Yeah, he wisely resolved to be particularly careful that no sign of admiration should now escape him. <gasps> yes, I have a crush on this girl, but I cannot let her know. Nothing that could elevate her with hope of influencing his felicity so i flirted way too hard last night and today i'm going to be very very stoic yeah it's almost like he drank too much yes i was just gonna say he has a flirt hangover (laughs) yes he is regretting the drunk phone calls from the night yes (laughs) i was drunk i said some things i shouldn't have said I didn't mean to call you at 2 (laughs) a.m. I don't like you, I promise. (laughs) Please believe me. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. This is so funny, though. All right, so they go home, and yeah, they're happy to go home, and Mrs. Bennett is not happy that they're home. Nope. (laughs) It's, like, terrible. Mr. Bennett's happy that they're home. Yes. Because being stuck with Mrs. Bennett, Kitty, and Lydia, and Mary probably was not a fun way to spend like five or six days. No, he actually <laughs> says that uh, that the evening conversation when they were all assembled had lost much of its animation and almost all of its sense by the absence of Jane and Elizabeth. <laughs> I just like that all of its sense. <laughs> I can just imagine like... There's Mrs. Bennett talking about Jane being at Netherfield and how, like, in soon they'll be dining at Netherfield every night when she marries Bingley. And then you have Kitty and Lydia on the other side of him, and they're like, ooh, this officer, and ooh, Denny, and ooh, Colonel Forrester, and oh my gosh, this ball. And then Mary's like, you know, humans are very interesting creatures. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's, that's it. We did it. Yeah. That's yeah, that's the end of that of, of that section. So it was a lot of conversation, a lot of flirting. Yep. So <laughs> much flirting. So much flirting. It's almost as if the entire love story or the entire beginning of the love story just happened in those few chapters and then you're wondering what the hell else happens in the rest of this book. Right. <laughs> yeah. But we're soon going to get into uh another ball yes and some new characters very crazy things are going to happen you know i'm not gonna lie 
rereading this and knowing where we're going just really makes me want to read Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies again. (laughs) We can do that for sure. I also had like images of Pride and Prejudice and Zombies and like especially that part where Mrs. Hurst is like, what does she mean by walking three, four, five miles all by herself? Like, that's crazy. (laughs) And I'm like, you're right because the zombies. (laughs) I'm like, wait a minute. No, that's not this one. (laughs) Wrong one. Wrong version. (laughs) I'm just thinking about the ball and the zombie. Never mind. We'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. No zombies in this version. Not in this one. Don't want to no, confuse you. Well, this has been Wit Beyond Measure. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Katrina Mayer. I'm Ellen Kimmerer. And uh, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. We don't technically see anybody, but whatever. It's an expression. It's an expression. Beyond Measure is hosted by me, Katrina Mayer, and me, Elle Kammerer. Our music was composed by Shane Ivers, and our artwork was created by the beautiful and talented Katie Keneally. We are hosted on Podbean, but you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can find us on our website at withbeyondmeasure.com, or follow us on Instagram for all of our updates, memes, and just fun stuff. Our handle is at WBMPodcast. I'm going to say that again. It's WBM Podcast. We are also part of a new website umbrella called Books and Bull, where you can find articles, podcasts, reviews, and even some, well, bullshit. Um, Go ahead and check that out at booksandbull.com.